everybody to TBJ Sports Talk. It is a beautiful afternoon. It is March 16th, 2020, and we thank you for spending part of your day with us. We have a jam-packed show for you today. A lot of news here, surprisingly. Um, even though the coronavirus is still going on, we uh, we have some news to talk about. So, um, But first, as always, we are going to go through the news, and before we do that, we're going to introduce you to uh, our first guest, uh, Every few episodes, uh, we'll have a guest on the show, and our first one is Declan Ferry. Declan, thank you for joining us. Thank you. Good to be here. So uh, if you hear us say the word Nuge, that is Declan. That's that's Declan's nickname. Nuge will be used. So we'll start off with the newest sports news, starting off just breaking before we went on the air. I think uh, Bobby was the first one to... I think he walked in the door and broke the news to us. Uh, he was on Twitter, and he saw it uh, from Adam Schefter. The Texans are trading DeAndre Hopkins and a late-round pick to the Cardinals for David Johnson and a second-round pick. So first big NFL blockbuster trade. Cordy, uh, Declan then said uh, he found out later on that apparently they um, DeAndre Hopkins wasn't happy with his contract and he wanted to be moved, and now he's out with uh, Kyler Murray. So we'll see how that, uh, how that goes. Ryan Tannehill signs a four-year, $118 million deal that will keep him as the Tennessee Titans starting quarterback for the foreseeable future. That includes... 62 million guaranteed. So him and Derrick Henry are going to be in the backfield for another couple of years. And that also means Julian was wrong. <laughs> yep, was wrong. Uh, next up, we've got the new CBA agreement has uh, been signed. This deal includes a 14-team playoff, 17-game season, three preseason games, and increased game day roster from 46 to 48. Uh, that roster increase includes uh, eight offensive linemen on the game day roster. And uh, I'm not positive about this, but I don't think that the 17-game season takes like st- comes into effect this year. No, it does it's not. not 21. Yeah, okay, it so it's the 2021 uh, season for the 17-game season, which I'm kind of interested in seeing. Uh, it's going to shake up the playoffs, definitely. Um, it's going to be something to get used to, but uh, you know, I feel like this is a pretty good deal for some of the lower-tier players, you yeah. know, like uh, like the average guys, not so much the top the top ten on the on, on each roster. So, uh, you know, it's gonna be pretty interesting to see what uh, the NFL decides to do with the playoffs and with the seventeenth game. So, uh, yep, gonna be a pretty interesting season, I think. This year, I'm just happy that they're starting to decrease the amount of preseason games. Yeah, I honestly, wish they went to two or one mm-hmm. or none. I hate preseason. It's yeah, so boring. Like they're just so boring to watch. I hate preseason, but I get why they do it. It's whatever. But I'm glad they're finally. Um, Addressing that. Now, I don't know if you guys saw this, but did you see how close that boat was? Oh, yeah. It was, yeah. 1,019 to 959. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was very close. Yeah, I it's going to cause a lot voters. of locker room yeah. turmoil. Yeah, I bet. Because a lot of guys are upset about that. Like, they took it to heart. Like, you know, you see Russell Wilson and all those guys on Twitter really speaking out against that. So it'll be interesting. Next up in news, we have the NFL plans to have the draft as is in Vegas, but as a televised-only event. Uh, I think that's a smart move. Draft is, of course, it's fun to have the fans there, but safety's first right now. Yeah, that's what you have to think about in these times is safety. And, you know, I you can get away with the draft and not have fans there. I mean, you could even do it way back in the day, like how they used to do it with just phone calls. Like, I love that it's in Vegas, and I love the boat idea. I wouldn't even be mad at them 
if they even decided to do this, which I'm sure they won't now, but if they said, we won't even do the draft in Vegas this year, we'll do it next year, because I want to see that whole spectacle. I would right. love to see that. Yeah. But you could do it like you did it back in the day, and mm-hmm. you know, just have it, a phone call, and what are you going to miss? Putting yeah, the cap exactly. on and hugging Goodell? It's, it's, right. it's unneeded. It's a lot of unneeded stuff. Of yeah. course it's fun. But. There's even a ton of first-round guys that don't even go to the no. draft anyway. Like there's a like There were how many that got picked in the later rounds that weren't even there? I mean, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, for kids, usually... Skipping out on it isn't a very big deal. Uh, next up, we've got uh, the Ravens to acquire defensive end Calais Campbell from the Jacksonville Jaguars for a fifth-round pick. Obviously, the Ravens um, had the MVP, Lamar Jackson. They're looking to beef up that defense. And that's a, this is a pretty good trade, I think, for the for the Ravens. Uh, pretty good deal. Calais Campbell's really good uh, leader in the locker room. I saw this from, uh, from his years in uh, Jacksonville. Really good guy. Uh, plays really hard, and he's a really good uh, run-stopping defensive end. So I'm excited to see what he can do in, in uh, Baltimore. And if anyone has seen his Instagram, Leonard Fournette is all alone in Jacksonville. All alone. That's true, yeah. yeah. yeah uh, I mean, they just totally t- tore apart that roster. I mean, I nobody know. on that defense is there anymore. Blake Bortles, like none of the receivers. I mean, I guess Chark yeah. is still there. But, I mean, that roster is completely flipped. I think Fournette's out soon. Yeah, I mean, if he's especially if he's gonna look for a different deal. Yeah. Like. And yeah. they, I mean, they pretty much traded everyone he was close to on the team too. Right. So it's like, I yeah. don't know. I feel like they're in total rebuild mode. Yeah, they're probably looking at the Bengals and the Dolphins and all these other teams that are quarterback happy or hungry, and they're saying, "Wow, they're look at who they're gonna get." And there's even quarterbacks next year that are available, like Lawrence and uh, Fields from Ohio State. Yeah. So there's they're probably looking at it like that because, yeah. as we all know. A team goes as their quarterback goes. But I feel like you can be content with Minshew right now. Yeah. Like, I feel like you can be okay with But is it. it wrong to want better? No. It's not. No, not at all. But I feel like in the spot that they are with their roster, like they could probably get them up, like a couple games out of him. Give him time to evolve, too. Yeah. He's pretty yeah. good. Get some guys around him. He definitely needs more receivers. He needs, yeah. needs way more playmakers in there. That offensive line is just abysmal. Yeah. I mean, pretty decent run run game from them, but that's really due to Fournette, and I feel like... You know, just not a very good offense, especially with Doug Marone as their head coach still. What a fraud. Yeah. Full looks, like, signing looks like a gym teacher. Full signing was pretty useless, too. Yeah, especially when he gets hurt like that. I mean, yeah. you really just want to dump that contract eventually. Yeah. To be fair, the dude was a six-round pick, captivated an entire city. I think that was True. a pretty True. solid yeah. first year for Menchu. Yeah. Yeah, I, and weren't they, they were doing like a giveaway thing. Like if you, This is how sorry of a franchise the Jags are. And how awful their fan base is. Next in news, the Yankees minor leaguer um, tests positive for the coronavirus. Um, not good news. Um, I don't want to see any athlete test positive for the coronavirus, but uh, they said they're all being quarantined. Until March 25th, all Yankees minor leaguers. So um, there's no no one's been. They don't know who it is. They haven't said. Well, they know who it is, but they haven't said it. So I'm not. I'm not sure who it is. But hopefully for them, it'll be like uh, just be like the flu. Um, that's what they're saying about like Rudy Gobert and um, was it Donovan Mitchell? Who's the other guy that had it yeah. in the NBA? Yeah. They're saying for them, it should act like the flu because they're in the age where it doesn't really affect them as much. So I mean, obviously, I'm hoping. Obviously, you have to. Uh, test everyone else that's in yep. the clubhouse. I mean, everyone that he's come in contact with, all of his teammates at least. Uh, not so much, you know, maybe some, like, opponents, or, like, but, like, everyone that's in the building. And trainers. Yeah. Because a lot of trainers are 60 years and older. Yep. What if they that's have true. it? That's true. Yeah. So, I mean, that's something to look at because, you know, that that stuff obviously can spread pretty pretty quickly. Like, you might not notice symptoms or something like that, but you can still pass it on to people. So, Something to look at, especially with a top-tier organization like the Yankees, if that can you know get up to the higher like official guys. You never know. Yeah, that hurt. That hurt when I saw that. Yeah. Um, nah, I did not like to see that. But anyway, that's it for the news. Um, should have more for you uh, next episode as well. There's always going to be news in sports. So um, let's shift to topic one. So we're going to talk a little bit about some of our ideal free agent landing spots. Obviously, a few guys have signed. Few guys have been tagged. Still a ton of guys out on the market. A pretty exciting friend, uh, free agent market this year. Um, but we're gonna see um, what we think is uh, our ideal landing spots. And um, obviously the big domino is uh, is Brady. We talked about that last time. 
But uh, let's go to some of the other guys. Bobby, let's start with you. Who is your... We're each do two. Bobby, who is your first person, uh, ideal landing spot in free agency? Uh, my first guy I picked out was going to be Robbie Anderson. Uh, obviously, the top um, wide receiver on the New Jersey Jets. Uh, this guy, he's a pretty good playmaker. I mean, he al- he'd always give the Buffalo Bills some fits. I mean, once we got Trey White to come in and cover him, then... You know, not too big of a deal from him, but, you know, pretty solid playmaker. Uh, him, I have him staying in East Rutherford, uh, $75 million deal over five years, so it's going to be $15 million a year. Uh, like I said, great playmaker. Uh, you know, he goes out, and uh, every every Sunday he's going to catch the ball for Sam Darnold, who is obviously, you know, uh, kind of a project player, I think, for the for the Jets. So that's going to be interesting to see. I like, I like uh, them bringing him back, especially on – you know, not too uh, extensive of a contract. You know, five years isn't going to be that much, and it's not for that much money, uh, especially for a playmaker like him. Next up, I have James Bradbury uh, at a $62 million deal over four years, and I have him going to the Redskins. Uh, I feel like, you know, with the second overall pick, they're probably going to end up taking Chase Young. Um, you know, one thing about that team is that they're not very strong offensively. So I feel like beefing up this defense is going to be good for them because once they get a, another edge rusher to uh, to complement Montez Sweat with uh, Chase Young and then they beef up that secondary, I feel like that's going to be a good thing for them to have. And will also be back with Ron Rivera. Yeah, that's right? true. Yeah. Yep, yep, uh, his old head coach in Carolina. So I feel like him signing with Washington is going to be pretty uh, – it's going to be a potential spot for him. I mean, it's really going to come down to who's going to offer more money because obviously Jones is going to reshape the market, which I know one of you guys is going to talk about him eventually. So yeah. I feel like um, you know Bradbury, who's a really good player. He's got good size, six foot one, and he's a speedy guy too. So you know it'll be interesting to see on a pretty low tier uh, wrestling scene that's obviously trying to rebuild. Yeah, and speaking back on the Redskins, just in general, I think they have a perfect coach for that rebuild. Yeah. Ron Rivera seems like a very respected guy. Mm-hmm. Seems like like when you could get that kind of respect in the league, just getting guys who make more money than you to respect you, I think that goes a long way in trying to reshape a culture and just get guys to buy in. Yeah, and the, the Panthers moving on from him wasn't so much you know, him being a bad coach. It was no, really it's it was just a new good. era. Yeah, like like trying to not so much change the culture because he had a pretty good culture going. It's just on. new owner. He wants, yeah, he new wants owner. his guy. Yeah, and I feel like Matt Rule is a pretty good choice for that. Yep. Uh, obviously and I'm glad that Ron Rivera is still in the league because like like we said, great leader, really good coach. And I feel like, you know, especially Bradbury, that's gonna be a good fit for him. I like him a lot. I like Ron Rivera. One thing I've noticed I was just thinking about I mean, Matt Rule is—he's brand new, um, new, and he's their GM there, right? Like he's in charge of all that stuff too. Am I mistaken on that? Uh, I'm not I'll sure. have to look more into that. I'm not sure, but um, and then obviously the new owner are—are are they going to be in on Cam, or are they going to want their own sure. guy? Are they yeah. going to say let's let's get a new guy? Or are they going to say we're happy with Cam? That yeah. that'll be interesting to see. Well, you got Joe Brady as their offensive coordinator yep. now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's you, so. Killed it last year, obviously. Yeah, I mean, really, you could see maybe them going up and getting Jordan Love. You know, what that would be a pretty good project guy for Matt Rule to have, and you know, that's the guy. That's where I'd like to see him go. Yeah, I and, agree. Me too. But I feel like they might have to trade up for that. Where are they right now? They're the at eight, eight, eight or nine. So, you know, maybe he's not there. Maybe another team wants to go up and get him. I've seen rumblings that they might just tank this whole entire year and go get Lawrence. I've seen that too. You know, I've seen that, and I've seen, you know, people saying that the Patriots want to do the same thing. That would be, so nuts. That'd be nuts. So, I mean, we'll see We'll see with that. Uh, so Don't even say that. <laughs> I know. I You know, I I want to be a little bit pessimistic, but, you know. Three out of four of us right here now. are Bills fans, and you're going to tell me the Patriots you're are right. taking for Trevor Lawrence. Don't right. ever do that to me again. All right. Who's next? I got it. Uh, that I comes got, up. Uh, I got Chris Harris from the Broncos going to the Cowboys on a three-year, $30 million deal. Now, obviously, he's, he can get a lot more than that. He's still capable, 30 years old, still probably one of the better corners in the league. But I think with the Cowboys, I don't think Byron Jones is going back there. So you're going to need another corner. Chris Harris can be that guy. And on a team that's going to look to win with that coming back on that franchise tag and Zeke still there and trying to re-sign Cooper. So I think they can beef up that defense. They have a shot this year. Uh, who knows with that new head coach. But And then I got Jadavian Clowney going to the Patriots. Five years, $100 million. Now, obviously, I don't think the Seahawks can afford him. Yeah, he's a very good player. He didn't really have the stats this year, 
But if you see his, his win rate is through the roof, he's one of the elite pass rushers in the league. And I think when you get a pass rusher like that, that can really change a game for you. You saw what Von Miller does in Denver, what people like people like him, what people like Clowney did in Houston, J.J. Watt can just really wreck an offense there. One thing that you uh, touched on with uh, Harris was um, how Byron Jones is going to leave. And I feel like um, instead of bringing back him on a large contract, like, Harris would definitely be a good fit there because yeah, it's going to be a lot. It's going to be a lot cheaper, and you need somebody at that position. Obviously, that's one of their weaknesses on defense is their secondary. I mean, that front seven just tears it up. Yeah. I mean, probably, I would say the best linebacking core in uh, in football right now. I mean, Jalen Smith is an elite uh, Mike linebacker, and then you got Van Der Esch and Sean Lee who are still just killing it. I mean, Van Der Esch is a young guy, but you know. That Cowboys defense just needs a little bit more spark in the secondary, and I feel like Chris Harris would be a pretty good, uh, pretty good uh, addition for them. And I agree with that because I feel like one thing is you're gonna have to sacrifice a position because you yeah. got Jalen Smith and Lane Van Rush, and on the offensive side you're paying Zeke and Dak, and if you True. if you repay Amari Cooper and bring him back, you're gonna be paying him a lot of money. So mm -hmm. you're gonna have to make a sacrifice somewhere, and yeah. that might just be a corner. Mm -hmm. And Chris Harris, you saw what he did with the keep to leap in Denver. He's True. he's getting up there in age, but I, he's still he's still freak athlete still mm -hmm. can be that lockdown corner for at least a couple more years and I think yeah. that would be a great signing for them. Mm -hmm. Alright, I'm next and I got uh, my boy Byron Jones. I got him going in on the market on a four year, 68 million deal to the Eagles which will make him the highest paid corner of the league with 17 million dollars a year. Um, his name's been thrown around a lot with the Eagles and I feel like Howie, he's just a go-getter. If he wants a guy, he's going to go get him no matter what. And I think the Eagles are just really looking to stop this secondary problem that's been looming for the past couple of years and go get a guy that could just lock down. Like Byron Jones, he might not be the guy who's going to get you picks and all that and be a ball hawk, but I feel like he's just a lockdown corner that you just need on a team. And my next guy is Phillip Rivers. I got him going on a two-year, $50 million deal to the Colts. And this deal is very comparable to the deal that Breeze signed a couple of years ago with the Saints. He signed two years, $50 million. So I feel like they're very comparable. Breeze was 39, I believe. Phillip Rivers is 38. And I feel, like, I feel like the Colts are a good fit for him. I feel like they'll embrace him pretty well. It's a pretty good city. And, um, yeah, I think it's a good fit. And also, if that doesn't work out, I have the Buccaneers as a secondary. If they strike out on Brady, I think they'll be looking for another quarterback. They should look for another quarterback if they strike out on Brady. But, yeah, no, I think that would be good for Phillip Rivers. I see the lot indoors, great coach, um, great weapons, good weapons. I'll great say good weapons. Yeah. Great line, defense. Yeah, I, that, that's a good good fit for him. And yeah. I'd like to see him get one more shot. You saw what the Colts did this year with Jacoby Brissett and Phillip Rivers. I think we can all agree is better than Jacoby Brissett. Yeah. That's a team that's maybe a good quarterback away from making a Super Bowl run. So. Yeah, and that's what Philip Rivers is looking for. He, I believe he has the most wins for any quarterback and that hasn't won a Super Bowl, I believe. I want to say that's probably right. If he's not uh, number one, he's probably close. Yeah, so, I mean, he's he's going to the market looking for a team that can win now and hopefully get him a ring before he retires. Yeah, so, all right, so I'm up next. Uh, I'll stick with the quarterback um, talk. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater, uh, obviously he was the backup for Breeze, played five games, won all five. Um, I'm a big Bridgewater guy. I love him. I really do. I like him a lot. I know he had that injury with Minnesota, then he kind of got lost from the show. Remember he signed like a like a nothing deal with the Jets, yep. and now he's about to hopefully get paid and be in a starting role. If, and this is all if, I think almost every single one of these, well, I shouldn't say that, but a, lot of, a few of these things we've been talking about, they all have to do with what does Tom Brady do. And this for sure is if Brady leaves and goes to hopefully, I'm right, and hopefully he goes to the Buccaneers, um, I like Bridgewater to the Patriots. I do. I think the I think New England. Obviously, they're going to need a quarterback. Who's their backup? Uh, Stidham or something. Jared Stidham. Stidham. At, uh, Auburn last year. Okay, yeah. I'll take Bridgewater. <laughs> um, I, I'd love to see Bridgewater get a starting role. Um, as much as I'd hate to see him, you know, in our division as a Bills fan, but I'd like to see him get there. And the Patriots, they know what they're getting. They know what they're going to get with him. And I think that he's. Um, yeah, I think I'd like to see him in with Josh McDaniels. I think it could work out. And I love Bridgewater's story, just the guy going from that gruesome injury a couple of years ago. The doctors were super close to even amputating his leg. And for him to come back, win a couple games for the Saints last year, and just kind of 
make himself pop out a little bit on the market, that's really good for him. This out of this from Schefter just broke. Uh, Atlanta trading tight end Austin Hooper to Baltimore. Wow! Ooh. Wow! Really? Or I'm sorry, my, 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 my bad. They uh, they get tight end Hayden Hurst from Baltimore. Ooh, and wow! That's even more for the Falcons second and fifth. Now Hurst didn't get as much um, clout as Andrews did this year because I feel like well because they had different roles like. Hurst was picked in the same, like, two picks before Lamar, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I feel like his role was, like, a little bit more minuscule, uh, like, in comparison to Andrews, but he's still a pretty good player, and I feel like, you know, bringing you said that's Hooper, right? Yeah. Wait, so, yeah, no, say no, that no, trade no, one no. more time. I'm yeah. sorry. Atlanta is getting Hayden Hurst into fourth. Yeah, so that means Hooper's gone. Yeah. Yeah, Hooper. Which well, this, this, is also, this is also from Schefter. Hooper's contract is for four years, 44, with... 23 guaranteed with the Browns. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a pretty good replacement for Hurst. Yeah. Yeah. Hurst is Njoku. athletic. He's an yeah. athletic dude. Mm-hmm. So, what, what's Njoku? He's just a second tight end there? I think he's gone. Yeah. Oh, he was gone after the serious guy trickles up? Yeah. So, yeah, where did he go? Uh, Pats. Honestly, Pats would be a good yeah. pick. Yeah. Good yeah. fit. Because that's what I was thinking for Hooper, right? Right. Before, he, before he even signed that, like, I was thinking that he was going to go to the Patriots because they don't, who, who do they have this year? I don't think they really yeah, have Yeah, just stop talking. And exactly, yeah. Um, they, love, they love their tight ends. Yeah, they do. Of course. Obviously, you can't replace a guy like Gronk, but they love their tight ends. Mm-hmm. My second, which I, I don't think it's going to happen. I don't, I, I don't, but I'd like to see it happen. Um, Amari Cooper backed with the Cowboys. I would. Um, he worked really well with Dak. He had like a he had a, franchi- or a uh, season year this year with Dak. And um, if he leaves, who's their number one receiver? And if you're going to have Dak and you're going to want to see what you have with Dak, then I think you should give him a chance and give him his, your number one receiver. So I don't know. I've heard the Giants. I've heard that. Um, I mean, I could see that, but I, I think I'd like to see him back with the Cowboys. See what see what you have. If you want to see what you have with Dak, give him a fair chance and give him Amari Cooper. But obviously, he's going to be looking for a multi-year deal with um, with a lot of money. So and then that could also handcuff the Cowboys. So obviously, you can't make. One of my favorite quotes, life quote, actually. Here it is for you listeners. But we don't just talk sports here. We, we give life-inspiring quotes here. Yeah. You can't make a decision just looking over the front tire of your bike. you got to look forward. Yeah. So are they going to pay them all this money and then handcuff themselves with the cap? I don't know. We'll see. We're but getting philosophical right now. Th- th- that's what we do here. Yeah. We're not here just for sports. We're here to educate people okay. and help them. with their. We want, that's what we're here for. I feel like... If the Cowboys strike out on Cooper, though, I think they'll all be they'll be fine at wide receiver, though. Like you said about helping Dak out, but they have Michael Gallup, who had a really good year last year. He, honestly, he should have a better year. I think Dak kind of underplayed last year. He didn't really play that well to me. But I feel like Gallup could have had a way better year if he did. And I feel like this draft is really wide receiver stack, so even if they miss out on Cooper, they could still make that position pretty decent throughout the draft and maybe get a solid free agent or something. Yeah, that's what I was going to say was, uh, like, even if they don't bring back Cooper, they can probably just draft one, even in a late round, like like a mid to late round pick and still get a pretty solid guy. Uh, one thing that I was thinking with Cooper was uh, if there's a new play caller in Dallas, that gives him a little bit more incentive to, play, to stay because I feel like him and Jason Garrett were, would butt heads. Like, I mean, obviously that dude was pretty abrasive this last year. I, mean, I think anyone in Jason Garrett would butt heads. Yeah, like, so I, f- I feel like with McCarthy, uh, you know, that's one thing that he might want to take a look at when signing this deal is, you know, you got a Super Bowl winning head coach. What are you going to be able to do with that? And I feel like bringing back Dak, who he works really well together with, uh, is going to be one thing that he has to take into account when he's signing. Another thing I'm thinking about is maybe this isn't even up to Cooper. Right. I feel like it's up to Dallas, honestly, because they have a lot of money they got to fish around, and you just got to pick and choose. If you want to build on offense, then I think you sign Amari Cooper. But I don't know. I feel like if I was the Cowboys, I'd be wanting to keep their defense. Van Der Esch and Jalen Smith are beasts, and you're going to have to go out and get a corner because I feel like Byron Jones is gone. I don't think he's going back there. Even if he doesn't go to the Eagles, I feel like he'll go to somebody maybe like the Jets, the Raiders, I think I saw. Yeah, yeah I see the Jets. Them. I see even saw the Jets on some Bradbury talk, too. So Yeah, know. so they're looking for a corner. Right. So, I mean, they got to pick and choose what they want to pay for. And if they don't want to pay for offense, then I don't think Cooper comes back. Now, uh, interesting. Um, go back to what you said. You think Dak underperformed this year? Yes, he did. Uh, I just, if you look at the statistics, it's his best statistical season. Now, obviously, they didn't do what they wanted to do. I, I agree with that. 
But I feel like with what he was asked to do, he made the best out of it. I feel like some of that's the play calling, just deciding not to give Dak the ball, or sorry, Zeke the ball enough. But I think Dak had a really good statistical year and, from his perspective. And that's one thing that I won't hold against him is, like, his coach, like, Jason Garrett just was really incompetent. I think this year, and I, I'm not. A, I'm not going to be like you know. I'm not going to defend him, but like that's one thing that I was looking at this year was that play calling wasn't very good. Like you can't give the ball to your best player in, in space. Like that was one thing that they were great at was just like screens and doing power. Yeah. And I mean, with a couple offensive line injuries, it's, it's it gets a little bit tough. Like it handicaps you a little bit, but even still, there's the Dallas Cowboys. They have the they have one of the best running backs in the league. Like why wouldn't you just tote it? Like. I don't know. Yeah, one of the best lines in the league, like four years running. There's no need for your quarterback, I don't care who he is, to drop back 40 yeah. times a game. Mm-hmm. Sure. No, I, I agree. I'd like to see um, Dak thrive there. I, I do. I, you know, one thing that you have to admit about Dak is, um, he yes, he's he has his warts. We know this. He There's things in negotiations with him. With contract talk, obviously now we know he's franchise tag. But there's things that he does that are great. He's a great leader, and I, you know, you can hate them as much as you want. But being the quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys is different. It is different than any other place. It is, and for him to be able to do that, and he always says the right things, and that's that is valuable. That does have value, and but there are things that go against him. For example, at the end, he had probably the best offensive line in football, one of the best running backs in football. Amari Cooper had a season year, and he couldn't win his division. That's a problem. Look at look at the look at within his own division. Look at Carson Wentz. Look what he did with nothing. He was carrying the team. At some point, if you're if Dak Prescott is your guy, you have to be able to say, okay, Dak, we need you to carry us for not for not forever, but we need you to carry us for a little bit. That's why we're paying you. And those are things that's going to be that's the we have to decide with Dak. Is he the guy that you're going to be you you want to? give the keys to that's it's going to be a tough decision for them and that's the point i was going to bring up is a guy like Dak coming into the market asking for so much money like how are you worth it you didn't even make the playoffs last year like and also thomas said look at a guy like carson wentz he made the playoffs with nothing and granted he couldn't play in that playoff game that's been a problem for him is just staying healthy but i feel like Dak, a guy who didn't even make the playoffs last year how are you going to come into the market asking for so much money when you haven't really proved anything Honestly, a lot of the Cowboys' success has been based on Zeke, just feeding Zeke. Dak hasn't really been a huge part of that. Like, yeah, he's been he's done his role decently, but I feel like mainly it's just Zeke there. And I know that we've already, like, touched on this a couple times, but, like, the problem with, I think, tagging, not really a problem, but, like, it, 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 it's going to expand their free agency a little bit is this tag on Dak. So that now they don't have to pay him all that much. And, they could even still keep Jones if they want to because if they are going to let Cooper go, I feel like they're going to choose one of the other, especially with this tag on. You know, So, like, keeping him around, keeping Dak around, like a guy that they like, is going to help them out with other players in the market because I feel like now they're going to pick and choose between either if they want Jones or if they want Cooper. And then in the next couple years it's going to be if they want if they want Smith or if they want Van Der Ash, you know what I mean? So, like, this decision with tagging Dak is going to give them a little bit more flexibility. But, however, you know, seeing if he doesn't perform this year, like, it's a, almost like a missed opportunity because maybe you could have gotten a different quarterback in the draft or maybe you could have, like, signed someone else. And I feel like Dak, if he doesn't perform, he's out after this year. Yeah. Because of course. he's still going to be asking for his money after this year, but if he doesn't perform and show that he's worth it, I don't know. I think he's going to be out, and especially with guys like Pat Mahomes, are going to get huge contracts. You know, he's going to be wanting the money, but he just has to prove he's worth it. And if he doesn't prove that to the Cowboys, I feel like he's out, and McCarthy's going to want a new one. No, I'm a, I'm a big Dak fan, and you touched on it. Like he hasn't been doing what Wentz has been doing in the in the regular season, which is getting his team to the playoffs. And I think we would all agree, Cowboys have had a better overall team, talent wise, than the Eagles have the past two years. They've just been underperforming. I don't know how much of that is Dak. Like obviously, some of that falls on your shoulders as the team's quarterback, and how much of that is Jason Garrett as the play caller and the head coach. Because if you go back, even when they had Tony Romo, one of the Cowboys' greats, they still really underperformed even when they got to the playoffs. So I really don't know how much you can blame Dak. 
versus Jason Garrett. I guess we'll see this year with the new head coach. Yeah, I was about to say that because, I mean, you can't say it wasn't his fault either. Yeah. Right. It's kind of to be determined. Yeah. But to be honest, games I've watched, he's missed a lot of throws. Yeah. True. No matter what, if it was the play call or whatever, or something, but if there's an open receiver, you should be able to hit him no matter what, who the coach is or anything. And I feel like going into the season, like, you almost have to be open-minded and, like, I mean, we've said it a million times so far already, like, Whose shoulders is it going to fall on? Is it going to be on Jason Garrett, which, you know, Cowboys made their decision and they want to move on from him? Or is it Dak, and do they have to go out and get another guy? Because I feel like if it's Dak, then you have pretty bad luck at the quarterback position. But if it's Jason Garrett, you just wasted, like, 10 years of your franchise, you know, having to go out and lose with that guy. So Breaking news. From Ian Rappaport, the Dolphins are expected to sign former Bills edge rusher Shaq Lawson to three-year, $30 million deal. So Shaq is likely gone. So what does that mean for the Bills? Are they going to re-sign Phillips? Are they going to get... You have to think. They... I mean, what is Bean thinking? Is he going to bring in a guy like um, Yannick? Is he going to bring him in? Is he? What's he going to... I don't know. That's one guy that it's, we didn't talk about was Yannick Ngakwe. I mean, that, dude's a, that dude's a stud. Uh, you know, I feel like if... The Bills have the budget for it. I'd want to bring him in. I mean, having another good. Oh, we have the budget. Yeah, but then also you want to bring back Phillips, right? Because that dude just—he's pretty much a spark on your defense. I mean, most second most sacks from a from a defensive tackle. I feel like you know he's gonna get his money, and I hope it's from us because especially with Shaq gone, uh, you know I'd want uh, I'd want the Bills to keep some of that depth uh, up front. So, you know, it's gonna be something pretty interesting to look at. uh, You know in these first few days of free agency. And just talk and just touching on um Ngakwe is he got tagged. So he wasn't really on the free Right, agency. well He got tagged. Tag and yeah. trade. Yeah, tag and trade. Oh yeah, yeah. And yeah, no. because he doesn't want to be there. Exactly. Not so much that he doesn't want to be there. It's more like it was more like a almost like a mutual thing I feel like because he when he put his thing out, like he said that he likes he likes being in Jacksonville, but like the money really wasn't there, and now that they're gonna tag him, like you gotta expect there's gonna be a trade somewhere. So I don't understand why they did that though. Just to, is it just like a thing about out of respect? Like maybe you maybe to even to save a little bit of cap. You know, then just, you trade him, and then you yeah, get something from him. Yeah, right. So you're getting you just a player, block and you don't get anything. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, he was a free agent this year, anyways, wasn't he? Correct. Right. So they're gonna tag, and now they're gonna so trade. They're gonna him. So, so what, would they, what would they have lost? They wouldn't have lost anything though, they except for him. Anything. Yeah. Yeah, but now Yeah, but I just I just don't understand it from his True from his true. point of well, view. That's he what I'm really have, yeah, he doesn't really have a choice. If you're getting tagged, you're getting tagged. Yeah. That's the franchise's yeah. decision. Yeah. And you're seeing more and more in the NFL getting more pass happy. You you see teams making a choice. They're either loading up on cornerbacks or loading up on D line to combat that. Right. And that's really a choice. You have an elite D line, you make the quarterback get the ball out faster. Obviously you can get some pressure on him, knock him down a couple times, rattle him. So you see that becoming more and more of a position of need in the NFL today. We've talked about this, like, off recording, how, you know, there are teams that might load up on their front seven and, you know, uh, and don't really have as many corners. And really, some are saying that the linebacking uh, position is going to become obsolete. And, you know, when you it's, it's interesting because when you're loading up on your secondary and not so much on your linebackers, you have a point there because now teams are going to start throwing the ball more. But I feel like if, you know, you got an elite linebacking core like the Buffalo Bills or the Dallas Cowboys, like you have a little bit more of a bias toward them because, you know, those guys are studs. They're going to stop the run, and they're even, like, lengthy in the pass. So, you know, it's it's a little bit of, um, you know, debate there. But I feel like teams with good secondaries – Good secondaries uh, and good linebacking cores like the Buffalo Bills. I mean, that's just a really all-around good defense. You know, we really can't complain. But uh, you know, like Declan said, it's gonna it's turning into a pass-happy league, and so you got to load up on those secondary players. And just touching on what Bobby said, I agree with that thing. Is how linebackers are kind of becoming more obsolete. Now, I'm not saying that linebackers don't matter because I feel like if you have an elite linebacker, that obviously helps you a lot as for any position. But I feel like you're going to start seeing teams load up more on their D-line and their secondary because that just matters the most. Like I, Trenches wins you games. Mm-hmm. If you're deep in the trenches on both sides, that will win you many games. I mean, and that's NFL. exactly what he said, was, yeah. you know, loading up on pass rushers and loading up on secondary. Mm-hmm. Well, you're seeing now 
edge rushers getting paid up twenty million a year. Oh, yeah. That's that's nowhere that's that was quarterback only territory what five years ago. Yeah. So you really see that, that position evolving and becoming way more important than it was. Yep. Yeah. And secondary is a very important position yeah. in the league. Mm-hmm. And it's very hard to come by. Yeah. It's so hard to get a lockdown glass lockdown, lockdown guy lockdown corner and a ball hawk safety. And even if you do get one, it might only be for like one or two years. Yep. It's very rare that those guys stick around for stick a around. Time. Yeah, exactly. Or even produce for that long. Like you're talking about Josh Norman. Now he could come back and have a good year this year. He's back with his coach Sean McDermott, but he after those Panthers years with the Redskins last year, he was terrible. Yep. He was terrible. I agree. So it's just a lot of the cornerbacks in the league they're just shaky sometimes. Mm-hmm. You don't know if you could trust him. And I like the move to Don't Norman. It's risk free. If he doesn't work out, it's one year, you cut him and whatever. Let him let's let's see in the preseason. But we're gonna shift now to topic three. But before we do that, quick uh, quick plug for ourselves. Follow us on social media. On Twitter, it is at TalkTBJ. You guys can comment uh, on some things you want us to do. We'll have polls up. We'll have uh, some trivia up, and um, just a bunch of fun stuff on there. And then on Instagram, we are TBJ Talk. So kind of reverse there, but. Um, We'll have a lot of stuff on there, and it should be a lot of fun. So make sure you guys follow us, and you guys can tune in, and you guys will hear, and we'll post it when we are when our next episodes will be uploaded. But on to our next thing. It is a little bit of a game, um, and it is called Who Am I? So we're gonna we have a um, a thing here that's going to in, it's going to be in the middle of the table. So all you have to do is it's between you three. I'll read it, and the first one to grab it. Uh, we were going to use like a buzzer, but of course here in the Western New York studios, uh, we don't have the buzzer. Yeah, we're on so, a budget here. Yeah, it's a, it's a tight budget here, man. I mean, we only spent a bunch of money on the microphones. <laughs> but um, so we're going to read it out, and the first one to uh, to grab it uh, gets to answer. Uh, don't answer it right away. I'll say who got it, and then um, and we'll get it going. So here we go. You guys ready to go? Yep. yep. All right. And these are, I'm going to say that they're pretty easy. There's maybe one that I don't think you guys will get, but these are all pretty easy. Okay, as a coach, I won the first two Super Bowls, so they named the trophy after me. Declan. Oh, you could just grab it whenever. Or <laughs> yeah, whenever grab it whenever. Oh, yeah. okay, okay. Lombardi. You got it. one nothing, Declan. All right. I am called the Great One for a reason, as I still hold 61 official records in my sport. Bobby. Wayne Gretzky. You got it. Okay. Um... I was the first to hit 500 home runs over a career, and my record stood for almost four decades. Ruth. You got it. This one, I'm not sure. I'm, I, I hope you guys get it. I'm sure some of our listeners will be like, oh, you guys are idiots. I won 39 Grand Slam titles in my sport, though my famous win was in the so-called Battle of the Sexes. No, doesn't look like it. Bobby, wait, you're reaching for it. Wait, say it again, say it again. Okay. I won 39 Grand Slam titles in my sport, though my famous win was in the so-called Battle of the Sexes. Serena Williams? Nope. No. It's a good guess, though. At least you got the sport right. I can't remember who won it. I'm going to go with Steffi Graf. Nope. Bobby, last one. Billie Jean King. He got it! Nice! Okay. I didn't didn't know if she won it or not. Yeah. Who'd she play against? Mmm... I can't remember what that dude's name was. Like if, that, if if the dude won it, I would never have gotten it. But yeah. I knew that she was in it. That's the gym class. Home yeah, home. I was gonna say that. Shout out to Mr. Alice. We were a gym paper. Gym on homework. Her, so. um, here we go. I managed to two three peats in my career and won five MVPs. Jordan. Yep. yep. Julian, you're really killing this game. Man. Yeah, I know. I am so. the most decorated Olympian of all time with 28 total medals, 23 of them gold. Julian. Michael Phelps. He got nice. it. Nice. And last one here. Boys, ready? This one is worth 10,000 points. <laughs> so it's anyone's game at this point. You guys ready? Yep. All right. This person was the first tight end elected into the Football Hall of Fame. I know it. You know it? No guesses, guys. I mean, ball. Mitch told me. So. It's, take the ball, man, if you know it. Mike Ditka. You got it. Nuge won. <laughs> Nuge is the winner. Yeah, maybe All right. we should have less talk from the peanut gallery. <laughs> yeah. That's enough out of you. So, congratulations to Declan and uh, I guess our producer, Mitch, who gave him the answer. So, let's go on to our trivia as we'll start wrapping up the show here. And, um... 
Who wants to start off for trivia? I can go first again. All right, Bobby, go ahead. We'll let, we'll let the nudes go last, you think, right? Yeah, nudes can go guess. last. Yeah. All right, here we go. Uh, who is the youngest player to win the Heisman Trophy? Not Joe Burrow. Not Joe Burrow. Um, Hmm. We just we just guess him here. I'll give you hints if you if you ask for him. I've I've got two hints. Is it a quarterback? It's a quarterback. I'm gonna go with uh, Manziel. His answer is locked in. He can't change his answer anymore. I, like I got two. Though. I got two hints. Right. I got two hints. Okay, okay. Let me, yeah. let me hear the hint. First hint is he won it in 2013. Okay. Yeah. I want so my second. You want your second? I want my second. He's an NFL free agent this off season. He's an NFL free agent this off season. Is he a, okay. Like a. I got it. Well known. Well known. Free Wait, agent. no. He didn't win it. Um. Never mind. He didn't win the Heisman. Julian, you can go next. Not big on Heisman, man. This yeah. is tough for me. Yeah, me either. I'm not good at trivia. Mm-hmm. I don't like being put on the spot like this. Um. He's a free agent this offseason? He's a free agent this offseason. I'm telling you, we need Jeopardy music. Yeah, I'm telling we do. You, yeah, we, do. yeah we, we need a little filler. It would be going on for like. We'll, we'll next up, three minutes. I promise we will have Jeopardy music. I promise. Well, I know it doesn't seem like you guys are going to get it. No. So I'll give you my you know, third. I, 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 okay, go ahead. I'll throw one out there. I don't okay. even know if he won a Heisman. I'm just going to say it. Teddy Bridgewater. Okay. Final answer, Thomas? I was going to say Jameis. I, I just. I don't oh! Yep, yeah, that's it. I no. got it. Yeah. Right when he said it. Uh, All right. right. When he yep. said it. Yep. I'll update the scoreboard right myself. That a boy. <laughs> okay. That's right. Nice. Okay. All right. Um, Julian, you want to go or do you want me to go? I'll go. All right. If you make this one stupid hard again, I'm going to be. No, it's not. It's All not. Right. I, looked, I looked around. Right. What team holds the record for the longest losing streak in NFL history at six at twenty six games? Oh yeah, I got it. You got it. Yep. I'll let you guys think about it. Just give the producer a guess. He uh, seems to think he got it. I want to say. Hmm, I want to say Cleveland. I like Cleveland. I'll go Cleveland. Now I'm gonna go a little bit off. I like. I, I thought I was thinking. Those guys at first, but when the Tampa Bay Buccaneers first came into the league, they were terrible. Oh. So I think I'm gonna go with them when they like their their like two first seasons. Ding ding ding! Bobby, Bobby got, got it. it. All right. Yeah, they were awful. They were really really bad, and they had stupid jerseys. <laughs> they did have stupid jerseys. The Yeah. Yeah. All so right. Those are dumb. Mine. Fitting. I I don't know if you guys will get this. What was the name of the defensive lineman for the Minnesota Vikings who led the team to three Super Bowls in four years? Say that again. Yeah. What was the name of the defensive lineman? Was the name of their group? Yeah. For the Minnesota Vikings who led the team to three Super Bowls in four years. I know it. I know it. Uh, do you have any hints at all? Because that's kind of hard. I do have hints. Hints. I need a hint. Okay. It involves the name, or I'm sorry, not the name, the a color of their jersey. Bobby looks like he knows it. I definitely know. Okay. Um, Seems this is the Vikings. What'd you say? Yeah, Vikings. it's the Vikings. Vikings. You guys want your other hint? Yeah. They're hungry. I'm going to sound really stupid. Yeah. I already know this guess is going to be really stupid. Go I ahead. Go I, for I don't want to say it. Go for I don't it. <laughs> You're good. Go for it, dude. Hey, no judgment. There is judgment. Everything. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even gonna guess. Uh, I don't know. Whatever you think I'm gonna say, it's gonna be stupid. So I'll just hear the answer. News? You want to guess? Purple hippos. Not Honestly, bad. that's not, not even, even that bad. bad though. Not even bad. It's Bobby. the uh, the purple people eaters. That was right. it. The purple people eaters. Yes. Wow. Yep. They mm-hmm. brought them to three Super Bowls in I four was years. Thinking hungry hippos. Yeah. No, that was a good guess. Mm-hmm. All right, Nuge. Go right. for it, my man. Which NBA player broke the record for the most points scored in a quarter? Say Clay. that one more time. Which NBA player broke I'm the out. record for the most points scored in a quarter? I got it. Can I get a hint? As do you know what quarter it was? 
I know it was in 2015. I know exactly what it is. I got it, I got it, I guess. Yeah. Because I'm the least NBA. Uh, go ahead. I'm going to say Kobe Bryant. Okay. No. Okay. I mean, not a terrible guess. That's it's, not, it's yeah, that was a pretty good guess. Yeah, that's a pretty good guess. Not bad for not being yeah. an NBA that's guy, true. right? Uh, I'm going to go... You, you have your answer? Yes. Okay, so I'm going to lock mine in. This is Clay Thompson of the Golden State Warriors. Yep, that was mine too. All right, that, that is correct. Nice. And, uh, I watched it. Yep. Bonus points. Does anyone know how many points it was? Ooh. Uh, 36, right? I'm going to go 38. I'm gonna go 34. It's 37. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I watched. Well, find the good. average of those, and that's probably 37. All right, let's go to our top five list. And today, our top five list. Last time we did our top five favorite sports movies. This is uniforms in sports. So, um, I mean, there's been a lot of great ones, and there's been some really, really bad ones. There's been some really, really bad ones. Um, let's go with uh, Declan. Are you ready to go? You got your yeah. top five? All right, uh, Declan, lead us off. We'll go in no, no particular order here. Uh, the Michigan Wolverine football uniform with that with the helmet. I'll then go Notre Dame Navy and Gold, just an absolute classic. Sabres red and black. Now, that might create some controversy, but I'm a big fan of those jerseys. Uh, Yankees pinstripes. I think that's self-explanatory. And I love the San Diego Chargers powder blue uniforms. I like it's a great list. None of them are. No, I love them all. All right, I'm next up. Uh, I got at five. I got Penn State football. Uh, simple but clean. You know they put their own little drip on it nowadays. Uh, four. I have anything from Oregon football. I think any any person who lived in our generation, just fifth grade, yep. posting all those Oregon football things on your Instagram and all that, they had some dope jerseys. Uh, number three. I got the black Sixers jersey just because it reminds me of Allen Iverson a lot. That's just kind of like, like that's the, when you say those jerseys, I just see Allen Iverson in that. Like, I just love those jerseys. Two, I got the Keller Green Eagles jersey. Hopefully, the Eagles can bring these back some sometime soon because I know the helmet's a big controversy. I'd really love to see these come back as a um, color rush, hopefully. Those are the best football jerseys in my opinion. Uh, number one, I got the Vancouver Grizzlies. A little throwback, and I'm really happy the Grizzlies brought those back this year. That is, those are those are dope. Mm-hmm. I love those. That, that's a really good list, actually. I, the, like uh, bringing a lot of a lot of those vintage ones. Yeah. Uh, mine are more, you know, like right now. So at number five, I have the Cowboys uh, whites. I like, I love it when they wear the white at home. I mean, that's just so classic. You know, I you know they've been doing that for I don't know forever. So. Uh, you know, I love seeing those uh, Sunday afternoons. Uh, number four, I have the Jets alternate all black. I just think that those look really clean. I hate the Jets uh, with <laughs> all my heart, but and I was a little bit like pessimistic when their first when their jerseys first came out. Like I saw the green and the white, and I was like, those are just so ugly because I'm so I was so used to seeing like their old like Mark Sanchez, you know, uniforms. So. <laughs> Sanchez. <laughs> So, um, but I do like the all black. It's super clean. It's gonna, it's a really nice color rush. Um, number three, same as Declan. I got Notre Dame football. I mean, the gold helmet is just iconic. And I've been a Notre Dame football fan for forever. Been to been to South Bend a couple times, and it's a really nice nice place to be. And uh, that's number three. Uh, number two, we've got the Yankees pinstripes again. Classic, just a classic uniform. And I mean, it's just so clean. Um, not a big fan of their away, their grays. You know, never really have liked them. You know, I feel like it's a little bit uh, selfish with the without the name on the back. I'm just saying, <laughs> just my opinion. And then number one, we got the the biased uh, Cardinals powder blues. Um, I mean, every team has a almost uh, every team has a powder blue, except for the stubborn Yankees and uh, Red Sox, obviously. But uh, yeah, those are. Well, clean. I was really trying to get Thomas mad here. <laughs> <laughs> those are clean. Uh, I mean, the Phillies too, like. Uh, those, those are clean. I, yeah, right when you nice. said that, I was like, oh, I should have put that on my uh, list. Yeah, those are really those are nice. I will mention for my list. Yep. Phillies powder blue. All right, Thomas, go ahead. I'm sorry. Can we just, <laughs> can we just, can we just go back once? Like, just rewind. Just rewind. Did you say the Yankees are selfish because they don't Dude, have don't their know. names on the back of their jerseys? About. I was just trying to get a reaction out of Yeah, you. you did it. You did it. Good work. God, you're a clown. You know that? All right. Um, you know, as you were... As you guys were talking about the list, I was I was thinking, I'm going to replace mine. I had number five as the Steelers. I do love their uniforms, but I'm going to replace it. I'm going to go with 
I, I are we gonna? I'm gonna call it a uniform. Tiger Woods's red shirt yeah, on absolutely. Sunday. That's a great pick, dude. It's so clean. It's iconic. It's so clean. That's my number. I, and I honestly, no, no, I'll keep it at number five. Number four, the Lakers. I love them. Yeah. I love the yellow and the purple. I love them so much. I really do. And I'm not even a big basketball guy, but if there was one NBA uniform I would have, it would probably it would be a Lakers jersey because of the. I love that color scheme. The one thing I don't like about the Lakers is how they kind of shied away from the gold. Mm. Like it's more of a yellow now, and I don't like that. I think they should try to make it a little bit more gold. That's when it looked better. It's fair. Number three, Michigan football. I mean, I think you guys uh, already yeah. touched on it. It's that that helmet is just yeah one it's, of my favorite things yeah. in sports. Two, these and these are all similar to you guys now. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys at home, I love them. I I honestly, and I think this for hockey, and I think this for I guess I guess football, but mainly for hockey, I love it when the home team wears white. And I'll tell you why. If you're a fan of the team, you're gonna see. Let's use hockey for the for an example. Like I'm a Sabres fan, so I watch a lot of the games. I see their their navy blue. I see their I see all their uniforms. When the Detroit Red Wings come to town, when the San Jose Sharks come to town, when the Blackhawks, I want to see their colors. I don't want to see them in white because not every it all looks the same. I I want to see like the Red Wings red. I want to see the Sharks blue. I, I like when the home teams wear white. So I and I like when the Cowboys wear white at home. I think that star, the fact that they're on turf and they never get dirty, I like that a lot. I think that's a really good look. And number one, I'm sure you guys know, <laughs> the New York Yankees pinstripes. Oh, what a surprise. So clean, so iconic, and they will never, ever, ever go out of style. Ever. They're so clean. I love them so much. I could... Yeah, I'm done. What I'm are you going to do when you're 80 and they change the, <laughs> <laughs> they change the uniform? What am I going to do? Yeah. Call whoever's owner of the team and say, what are you doing, dude? Because it's, it's ridiculous. Well, guys, that was awesome. I thought I had a good time again on episode two. Uh, Nuge, thanks for joining us. Thanks, Nuge. Thank, thanks for having me. You were above average. No, you were great. Thank you, Nuge. Uh, so our thanks to Maddie Seeley, our director of graphic design, Meg Musall, director of social media, Miss Mahar, our audio supervisor, Thomas Baia, Julian Andriola, Bobby Ellis, and Declan Nuge Ferry saying so long from our Western New York studios, and we hope you tune in next time. Have a great rest of your day.